Blog Talk Radio. As many of you probably know, the Earth Frenzy radio show provides alternative radio broadcast, streamed live over the Internet, and then archived for podcast replay 24-7. Since our debut in July of uh, 2007, we have offered our listeners a variety of quality show information on topics relating to our environment, such as climate change and global warming. We have also offered educational shows on subjects such as politics, health, and horticulture, to name just a few. We have delved into the deep to talk about matters relating to history, ancient and modern-day prophecy, the macabre, rogue planets, and psychic wonders. We have interviewed acclaimed authors and lecturers, singers, comedians, Hollywood personalities, prophets, and psychics environmentalists, and NASA scientists. As we begin another year of radio broadcasting, we will be interviewing some very interesting guests on a wide range of topics that will both educate and entertain our listening audience. And as we expand our horizons, we hope that you will continue to grow with us. Our guest on today's edition has has been a frequent uh, participant on our show and is well known across the Internet as a leading authority on the subject of earth changes and earth science. Nancy Lader has appeared on numerous radio and public broadcasting affiliates across the nation to speak on the subject of Planet X and its well-documented passage through our solar system every 3,600 years. A planet described as Wormwood or Nibiru Planet of the Crossing by theologians, prophets, and ancient scribes. Nancy is also a self-described emissary of the alien life forms of Zeta Reticuli and has encountered uh, several uh, third uh, uh, encounters of the third kind while as a child living in Wisconsin. The Zetas have communicated with Nancy on many occasions to describe the many earth changes that will occur leading up to the passage of this rogue planet known as Planet X. And thus, Nancy's association with the name Zeta Talk has become very familiar across the Internet. Planet X doesn't get much media publicity outside of the usual conspiracy theory forums or groups that are dedicated to speaking out on this subject. It's not a topic that scientists, astronomers, or government agencies care to speak about, or have a desire to do so for many reasons that our guests will further elaborate on during this show segment. One thing is for certain, the Earth is going through some significant and awe-inspiring changes in recent years, including increased and more powerful earthquakes, massive tsunamis like the one witnessed in December of 2004 in the Indian Ocean that killed some 270,000 people, Increased volcanic activity on a global scale, devastating floods, storms, 
tornadoes, and hurricanes. All of these natural events are occurring as we speak. But just how natural are these events? The media, including a host of scientists and environmentalists across the world, are telling us that global warming is to blame primarily caused by mankind, by their consumption of fossil fuels, and the devastation of tropical forests in Brazil, Indonesia, and other equatorial regions of the world. The scientists and leading authorities on climate change are telling us that greenhouse gas emissions have gotten so bad that they are blanketing our Earth's atmosphere, keeping the heat from escaping, and thus leading to the melting of the poles. Al Gore, in his Academy Award-winning documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, supports the notion that global warming has increased significantly since the early 1990s, contributing to a climate change that will soon be out of control, whereby mankind will be subjected to violent and destructive storms, rising seas caused by a global meltdown, a food shortage due to crop failure, increased pestilence and disease due to the migration of plant and animal species, and extinction of species on a scale never seen in our lifetimes. All of this to occur before the year 2025, according to the leading experts on these matters. Now we can all speculate on what we believe is causing these great disturbances, but does anyone really know for sure? Is global warming caused by man? Is he the culprit? Or are there celestial forces at work that could be causing these disturbing changes? If so, could this explain the Earth's erratic wobble that we are now experiencing? And could this be causing the dramatic climate changes we are now hearing about every day? Our guest today may provide some clues on the whys and wherefores of what is happening on a grand scale. And so we would like to welcome back to our show, Nancy Later. Hi, Nancy. Oh, so delighted to be back. Maybe we can start the show today by uh, referencing why you believe that this, this selling, if you, if, you, if you want to call it that, of global warming to the public by scientists and the mainstream media is nothing more than misleading propaganda in order to keep most of us in the dark about what is really happening. Exactly. And uh, it really, I got this information from my friends from Zeta Reticuli, uh, the, whom I'm, uh, I'm a contactee uh, and have been since childhood. Uh, and they informed me uh, during my lifetime and gave me a holographic vision of what will happen to the Earth, that there is the, a rogue planet that goes through our solar system every 3,657 years or so, and it is a big magnetic uh, planet, four times the diameter of Earth, and it has a sling orbit so that it doesn't go round and round our sun. It flies by uh, slightly from the south to slightly to the north from the direction of Orion on out and turns around and goes back again after seven years. And we don't see it again for about 3,600 years or so. It has two foci, our sun and another that is a unlit sun, uh, and therefore we can't see it, our sun's binary, that it passes in a sling orbit that is back and forth like a pendulum. When it comes through, it causes crustal shifts, which are termed pole shifts. 
it's not really that magnetism north goes south and south north and the like. What happens is that as it passes, it pushes our north pole away so violently from its north pole, north poles of magnets not not wanting to be anywhere near each other, not wanting to be pointing or, or at or touching each other. It pushes our north pole away so violently that the crust separates from the core and slides. This explains scientific enigmas like ice ages. Oh, and you know, why was Wisconsin covered with ice or France covered with ice? And wandering poles where the magnetism seemed to be pointing in different directions and why are there uh, um, woolly wet mammoths up in the Arctic Circle on Wrangell Island and with green grass in their tummies, you know, where grass never grows and hasn't for hundreds of, mi- hundreds of miles around? Uh, you know, it explains those enigmas. So as they stated that we have a pole shift or a crustal shift in our near future, predicted that Planet X, Nibiru, Wormwood, uh, the many names, you know, throughout literature and history and in folklore and prophecy uh, would uh, come through and and arrive in our solar system in 2003, May 15, 2003, shortly afterwards. Well, it did, and and I myself saw it on March 26th of that year, 2003, you know, coming from the direction of Orion, of a blinking kind of uh, pulsing um, uh, on and off red blurry area, and people around the world saw it. Thereafter, uh, we got pictures. We had a second sun. Uh, People would see two suns rising at sunset or or sunrise, rather, and, and setting at sunset. Oh, uh, uh, what, because this was all on the opposite side of the sun and the sunlight bounced from the dust cloud of red dust that, sur- that shrouds this passing planet uh, back to Earth, it is still in our solar system, very close to the sun, coming at us outward, outbound, uh, and causing numerous Earth changes, which the Zetas warned about. One is uh, high tides, you know, way above normal that we've experienced in New Guinea recently and there was a bay in Maine that had one uh, you know periodically here and there especially around the Pacific Basin oh uh, Nancy I, I believe that um, the um, climatologists have been blaming that on storms that are occurring in the Pacific is that true uh, no they I've I've noted and uh, you know that when they have these articles they cannot point to a storm they they might say that after the fact because they have to say something. But, you know, if there's no quake that has been recorded, it's not a tsunami. If there's no big storm out there, then it's not storm-related. Uh, you know, they always have an excuse, like they'll have an excuse for the number of sinkholes that are occurring, you know, um, New Jersey and, and Pennsylvania, um, big crevasses that open up in Mexico and, and Arizona. Why is the Afar Triangle, you know, the, the Rift Valley in Africa ripping open? I mean, hundreds of feet long and several hundred feet wide, just a sudden rip. Why do we have Internet cables being stretched and snapped around the Arabian plate, that boot? Uh, this happened uh, about, a, I think, in two, early 2007 and just again a couple of weeks ago that they had those. They say, oh, it must have been a ship's anchor dragging across them. But the one that happened in 2007, there were breaks 
in Alexandria, Egypt, all the way around to Dubai uh, in several different places. Well, simultaneous ships, anchors. Well, I guess the other question is then, um, these people that are, uh, that are uh, coming up with these excuses for all these uh, strange uh, occurrences, do, they, do these people actually know what's going on? Or are they just being told this by uh, people that are um, above them? They, they are being, the, the low-level grunts uh, are being told what to talk about, what is a verboten subject on the news, for instance. Don't say Planet X. Don't say, you know, a presence in our solar system. Don't, you know, what, what not to say. And uh, like with the uh, uh, current Yellowstone jitters that we're having, uh, there was a very interesting discussion somebody had with an analyst at University of Utah where they follow this quite closely. And when he asked about harmonic tremors, the man answered uh, a, a different question, as though that question had never been posed. Are we having harmonic tremors? And he said, we're not recording any earthquakes right now. Well, that's not the same thing. You know, so uh, they they are told, you know, to dance around the subject, and newscasters that don't cooperate don't have a job uh, for too long. They're, there's a list of don't don't discuss this. And the people at the very top, as the people, for instance, uh, high up in the Bush administration or perhaps high up in uh, Russia or the UK and the like, they know uh, that we have this presence in the solar system. And as a matter of fact, sometime after the Iraq war, when Bush met with heads of state in France, there were many, some of these people came out of the meeting and looked like someone had hit them over the head with a two-by-four they were told there is a presence in the solar system. The only worry is panic in the public. Don't say anything and bribe, intimidation, whatever it would take to get these heads of state to keep their mouth shut and make sure that their, you know, TV stations or whatever did not did not carry on uh, with warnings. They're told that, it'll uh, pass without a pole shift. That's what they were told. Do you believe that, um, you know, we got the... Uh inauguration coming up Barack Obama yeah. um, <clears throat> do you believe that uh, he has been briefed by um, certain individuals uh, maybe within the uh, Bush administration regarding what's happening and what to expect do you think he has already been briefed on that yeah I my, my understanding from the Zetas uh, and they, they put this into Zeta talk uh, too is that it was his fir uh, first and second CIA briefing you know, when he he became the president-elect and he was being briefed, there was a, a day or two there when in which he just looked very tired. Uh, and uh, uh, the Zetas were asked about this, and they stated that he had been told. He had heard the rumors, but he was told unequivocally, we have a presence in the inner solar system, and we're not sure just what it's going to do. You know, these are the possibilities, best case, worst case, I suppose, you know, that type of thing. I, I recall um, when he gave his first press conference after being elected, um, and uh, I think one of the, um, I, I can't recall her name, one of the journalists um, had asked him, um, what um, <clears throat> was there anything important uh, right. that uh, you can share with us uh, during your briefing with, with the Bush administration that you, you feel that uh, the general public should know of? Well, he just went into this 
sort of beating around the bush kind of a thing right. about, oh, yeah, just the general things, you know, that uh, an incoming president should know about. And she said, is there anything really important that we should know about? And he right. says, well, I, I do not care to elaborate on that right now. That's right. That's right. It was so, that type of an answer and the fact that he looks so tired, and he never does. He always looks like he's 22 years old and, and you know, in the greatest health, which he is in the greatest health, but this, he just looked like he hadn't slept, is what it amounted to. Well, after four years in the White House, I'm sure he, he's not going to be looking like he's 22 years old anymore. Probably not. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what have the Zetas said with uh, respect to global warming, Nancy? They've said it's a cover-up, and it was decided some years ago, like uh, actually MJ-12, which had contact with aliens since the time of Roswell, learned of, you know, this pending passage, or they, they confirmed it, you know, we might say, because so much prophecy points to something around this time, not just the Mayan calendar, which in fact has an imprecise date, and it, you know, it it is a really a, a kind of a guess that it's December 21st, 2012, and the Zetas say, oh no, they didn't they didn't line it up right, and it comes before that time, before 2012. But Mother Shipton and 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 you know the Bible, Re- Book of Revelation, and the Islamic imams and and they they uh, or hadiths rather, pardon me, the hadiths, they they all speak of this time and and the world kind of wobbling around and, uh, of course, great upheavals, mountains being built and, and huge tidal waves and much death and hailstorms and et cetera. You know, if you put it all together, uh, you know, there can't, obviously something's coming. So, and our Earth's geology speaks of this. It's recorded so clearly that three to 4,000 years ago, uh, the oceans of the world, approximately 3,500, 3,600 years ago, per scientists, the oceans of the world dropped 16 to 20 feet, I mean around the world. And they determined this by uh, the dust and the, and, and the interaction of the ocean, etc., with the beaches, high beaches and low beaches. So where did that water go? And, and it, I could go on and on, but the last of the woolly mammoths disappeared uh, estimated 3,800 years ago you know, died off. Well, the, you can go back like that, 7,200, 10,008, etc., and, and you can find unusually cataclysmic evidence. So Vilikowski, Emanuel Vilikowski, recorded this beautifully in his book, particularly Earth in Upheaval. If you can get your hands on this, folks, and read this, it you will be a believer that something... Now, that's called Earth corner. in Upheaval? Earth in Upheaval okay. by Emanuel Vilikowski, V-E-L, Vilikowski. Yeah, so global warming was determined to be one of the excuses given, and blaming the sun was going to be another. So everybody got out there and said, oh, the weather irregularities and all this stuff is because of global warming. Well, of course, it's all proceeding on a track that is outside of their models. Their models say, ah, you know, a two-degree increase in 50 years, and then this will happen, and it's like, ooh, you know, the, the melting poles and the melting glaciers, why are they melting? They're melting from the bottom up. Warm air doesn't cause that. A couple degree change will not cause that. Warm air will cause more air turbulence. <clears throat> Heat rises, doesn't sink. Yeah, and you know, Lancy, it's so amazing when you think of how fast this is occurring, you know. Right. right. It, you know, 10 years ago, we weren't talking about the poles melting. Right. You know, now in the, in the last couple of years, where uh, scientists are so alarmed by what's occurring that they don't know what's going on. 
yeah, they claim they don't know what's going on, and, and probably a lot of them don't. And in the matter of the cover-up, the fewer people informed, the better. So they start out with this clutch of people, you know, perhaps 2,000 or so around the world that knew about this, very wealthy people and, and very uh, politic, politically, you know, Herbert Bush, etc. you know, Putin, you know, these, these levels of people, uh, they know. And, and then they have to inform a few other people, but they generally say there's a presence in our solar system, but it's going to pass. What we got to worry about is panic in the public, so we might have high tides and a few more earthquakes, but just hang tight. And meanwhile, here's your bribe, intimidation, whatever, or assassination if necessary. So um, the weathermen, for instance, are told uh, if you... Because in 2003, when we had dramatic second sun sightings, there seemed to be two suns rising because this complex was coming in. Yeah. People would tell me that they had weathermen seeing this on the screen behind them and turn and say, what the heck was that? Did I just see the sun rise twice? Well, that weatherman got smacked around afterward and told, you know, I mean, they, they're they careful not to do this. And, uh, and well, they always come like, up with that lens flare excuse, you know. I've heard yeah, that so many right. times. Right, and of course there are some lens flares. You take a picture of the sun, but a lens flare is along a line. There's a series of flares along a line that seems to dissect the sun. It has particular characteristics, you know. And uh, sun dogs too can form it along a halo line around the sun. But these, but but the photos, um, I have like hundreds of them on my website. <coughs> I would be willing to say. Uh, 50% certainly, 90% probably, are of either the moon's, moon's swirls that accompany this complex or the complex itself captured in film. And right now it's difficult because it's coming at us from the direction of the sun. Uh, we are stopped like deer in the headlights in front of it. And all the sunlight bounces off the rear of this dust cloud back to the sun so that it looks like a dim fuzzball to us. And we don't really see it as an illuminated object like Venus, you know, uh, which is the size of Earth and is considered a star, but it has a smooth surface with, you know, uh, not a huge dust cloud shrouding it. Uh, this dust cloud is immense. We are getting some of this now with the fireballs and debris that are returning now uh, toward Earth, and it's going to get worse. Take out our satellites, take out the ISS eventually. We don't know just how, when. How close would you say the planet is uh to making its uh, passage. Um, now, the Zetas are real hesitant to give a date. And in the first place, I think there's some limitation. They are re restrained by the administrative forces, and, and we do have a police force in the universe, the Council of Worlds. They are told, don't give an exact date. They explain, though, that it is better for mankind not to know the exact date, it, although they will say before 2012. They're saying 2012 is too late. Uh, and and uh, But being general like that, they can't be more specific because it, the people who would like to declare martial law uh, put poison in a city's water system and poison off a bunch of people that they don't want on the road migrating toward uh, wealthy enclaves. This kind of mischief would be more likely to happen if certain elite forces or establishment characters, you know, would under understood the exact date. Uh, but if they don't know the exact date, well, they're not going to poison everybody in L.A., you know, so that they don't 
migrate up into Utah, you know, into the wealthy enclaves in Utah, uh, Republican enclaves, they're not going to do that if they think that there's going to be two or three years until the pole shift because there's liable to be capture and prosecution of whoever was behind it. But they want, if they knew within a few days or a couple of weeks, they could get away with it. And so the Zetas say, therefore, we are not telling an exact, we are not giving you the date. Now, for those who uh, might be listening today who are a little bit hesitant about what we're uh, uh, discussing here, uh, Nancy, what, what, what can you tell those people about what they can expect to see happen between, let's say, between uh, this year, 2009, and before 2012, as far as uh, earth changes and, and the climatic conditions? What's going, to, what's going to take place? Yeah, we're talking about this three-year period. The Zetas have been very explicit about the steps to walk for, watch for, and they've said you will not be taken by surprise. This is not going to take you by surprise. And by the way, after I'm done describing the steps, I'd like to just touch on some of the Zeta advice for what people should do about this. Very important if you get people, give people bad news to talk about the, you know, the good news side of it, so to speak, or what they can do about it at least. They said the steps are going to be that the earth wobble, which we've had since early 2004, will get worse. This uh, is documented on my website, zetatalk.com, and it means that the North Pole is pushed away and then it bounces back, and so that the North Pole forms a figure eight. This can actually be seen on a recent graphic um, uh, that shows snow cover, where there's less snow, snow cover from 1996 to 2005, less snow cover in the western U.S. and um, eastern Russia, right across the uh, Arctic from each other, and more in the Great Lakes and Mongolia, right across the Arctic from each other. The Earth wobble basically has created this uh, differential in snow cover. It's a dramatic piece of evidence that I recently discovered showing the wobble. But the wobble is measured by where the sun rises and sets, as observers around the world have reported to me on a regular basis, and I've documented that. It's unquestionable. People say the sun doesn't seem to be, seems to be too far north, or why is the moon over there? Never the moon has really gone too far extreme north and south during its sojourn, a monthly sojourn, also uh, because it's avoiding, you know. Um, uh, Intense particle flows is what the Zetas say. The steps are as follows. Uh, increased wobble. Getting to the point where the world North Pole will try to lean to the left to evade Planet X, which is coming in a retrograde orbit from the right, as as we're in the northern hemisphere looking at the sun, right and left. Then uh, it will lean to the left almost to the uh, point of falling on its side, as the Zetas uh, say. Which um, Then the North Pole turns away from the sun as Planet X continues to approach us for the passage uh, for three days of darkness. This is a Catholic prophecy, which they have confirmed. Then, according to the Islamic Hadiths, six days of sunrise west, which the Zetas explain is after this three days of darkness, you know, this is gradually, uh, the world kind of 
takes a while to come straight again, and the sun's dawning appears to be just a little to the west of the North Pole. By now, everybody should know, right, that, that what's going on. We probably will see this Planet X complex in the side, in the skies by this time arriving. Uh, the red dust cloud with the sunlight coming through it looking like some sort of a monster uh, octopus or dragon, etc. Uh, then uh, the Earth slowly stops its rotation. Uh, this is in folklore recorded. The West Coast Indians saying long night, Egyptians saying long day, Joshua had the sun in the sky stand still for a whole day, etc. From the Bible, <coughs> true stories. Um, but it takes like maybe two or three weeks for the rotation to slow to a stop. Then when it stops, the Zetas say 5.9 days. This is a time to have your manual clock that you wind up watched, you know, so that you can determine when that passes. Then the hour of the pole shift when the North Pole will violently be pushed away and uh, 90 degrees and we have a new North, South, and South Pole climate change everywhere, a lot of sloshing of water along the coastlines, be 100 miles inland, 200 feet up above sea level at least. After that, within a two-year period, because of the friction of the crust sliding, uh, will heat the ocean beds, uh, which swell and heat the water, so that we have a 675-foot sea level rise worldwide. Amazon Basin flooded, Siberia flooded, Mississippi Valley flooded. Uh, and you have to figure to be uh, your safe location above that or get a houseboat during this period and float along with a new coastline until you arrive at where uh, the new coastline will what, be. What about people that are living along the uh, New Madrid uh, fault line? Uh, what can they yeah. that will that will The Zetas have said that this will actually be the more violent uh, and, uh, and earlier rupture than the San Andreas. They have pointed out that as um, this earth wobble happens with the North Pole being pushed away on a daily basis, this is rough on the earth plates, and they have been jerked back and forth until their edges are smooth, and we'll now have an increase in earthquakes, increase in the magnitude, and each earthquake require, has the fault lines moving further. Uh, and this shows up. Uh, we, we know that the USGS um, takes quakes away and lies about the magnitude, uh, but this, this, uh, it, soon it's going to be to where nobody believes them anymore, you know, and, and everybody can tell that quakes have picked up humming, vibrations, booms from snapping rock, all this picking up. Um, so they have pointed out that the North American plate cannot roll in place. You have the African plate, which is rolling, you know, as the Atlantic pulls apart, and that's what causes the Rift Valley. South America has kind of like a rounded top, you know, the plate does, so it can roll. North America is a flat top. It's a straight line from Japan right through the Arctic to Iceland that cannot, it, it's a flat top, and, and it can't roll. Uh, it's pressed against the great Eurasian plate. So what's happening is that Mexico is being pulled to the west as the Atlantic opens, and the seaway is splitting, which we know here in Wisconsin we have the Green Bay hum and booms as Wisconsin is ripping open. And, uh, and, and this puts the New Madrid area on a diagonal pole. When that gives, the west side of the Mississippi will drop 
and the east uh, side will sort of remain where it is. Uh, would tear all the bridges along the Mississippi, and and this is uh, definitely um, in our future. Will probably it will happen before the pole shift, that kind of a rupture, and the west coast will adjust afterwards uh, along the San Andreas. It'll and the volcanoes along the west coast. That will be a secondary result. Which is not to say that we won't have five, sixes, maybe sevens or whatever uh, on the West Coast, but this is considered minor, not the biggie that's going to happen when the New Madrid gives. Would you say that uh, with every passing day people are uh, beginning to recognize that uh, something isn't right with our environment and that changes um, are occurring quickly and more often, or, or are people still in a state of denial even after everything we have seen and witnessed lately? Uh, they're they're beginning to um, uh, they're they're becoming very worried and have been for for some years. But this is like a very subliminal, subconscious level, uh, and it's been at least about four years, I think, that this has been under discussion with people becoming more irritable, uh, having more illness, uh, you know, getting getting cancer and dying off, or or uh, you know, just uh, having less uh, immune system resistance. Um, they they uh, because they know they're being lied to. They sense they're being lied to. You know, if global warming is is um, uh, what's causing the huge storms we're having and and all the increase in tornadoes and uh, you know or or uh, and and the like, uh, droughts and deluge so intractable, crop shortages uh, causing a rise in, in food prices now. If this is going on, then why is, for instance, the Bush administration so darn casual about um, emissions? Oh, we're not going to change our way of life or bother our corporations. Well, if it's destroying our ability to grow crops and creating extreme droughts around the world, why aren't they concerned? And why isn't somebody rising up and, and pelting them with, you know, tomatoes? Well, I when understand, they, when too, they they've been that. very lackadaisical when it comes to implementing um specific laws regarding uh, the environment. Uh, like this is something that to them is not important. They know it's not important. And their, their behavior is showing that they know it's not man-made uh, you know, climate changes that, that they're worried about. They're, they're showing that by their behavior. Uh, so people see this, and they're putting two and two together. You know, we have a lot of distractions you know, uh, this or that, little Kaylee goes missing in, in Florida and it's on the news, you know, for several minutes every night. Uh, but but we're not talking about, you know, are the can we grow crops anymore? You know, are we going to be confronted with uh, uh, not only high prices for food but bare shelves? We're not being confronted with any of that. And, and uh, so the basic tack of the government is to say, um, don't tell anybody, you know, because, and they, the excuse they give to those forced to participate in the cover-up, like weathermen or whatever TV announcers, that um, panic is a big fear. We, you know, if, if you don't want babies left uh, abandoned in the middle of the street while people run for the hills and this kind of thing, keep everybody in their jobs, keep everybody paying taxes. Panic is the big worry. Well, Actually, uh, if you dissect what they're doing, 
they're making it easy for themselves. They don't want your messy panic. They don't want you in the roadways when they need to drive to their bunkers. They don't want a confrontation, you know, like, I'm paying my taxes. I know you've prepared a bunker and stocked it well. Where's my bed? Where, you know, where's my bunker? I'm, you know, what you're doing with my taxes. They don't want those kind of questions. So, so the reason for the Iraq war, in fact, according to the Zetas, was so that the Bush administration, Bush family cronies, could be in charge of the Middle East oil fields when the pole shift happened. Now, the Zetas have been accused of giving a wrong date. They said shortly after May 15, 2003, we'll have the pole shift. Well, Planet X arrived in that spring, you know, and by May 15th it was close to the sun, but it put on the brakes and began to creep past the sun. Uh, but they they pushed the Bush administration into going into Iraq early. Remember, it was March and April that they went in. The U.N. inspectors weren't done. They had to go in, and the invasion happened. Why? Because they wanted the U.S. military not only for the Iraq oil fields, but the Iran and the Saudi oil fields. Those three pools are the largest known. You know, I mean, if you go like one, two, three, four of the biggies, they're in there with known reserves already tapped uh, and and not a heck of a lot standing between the U.S. military and 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 the right you know of ownership. In fact, wasn't there actually a uh, military maneuver or some type of an operation that Called, took place during that time that was referred to as Operation Planet, Planet X? X? Yes, there was, and it, I think it was happened on May fifteenth too, <laughs> if I remember correctly. But yeah, absolutely, they showed that the DOD showed that they they had heard about it. Uh, uh, and and the idea was, uh, you know, to, according to the Zetas, they said yes, it was a white lie. It, 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 we didn't have the passage; we had a rival, but not the passage. But we considered it it uh, worth it, you know, because we wanted to show everybody what the Bush administration was up to. They not only did that, but um, they prevented weapons of mass destruction from being planted over there. They, and there was uh, an attempt at that. There was a lot of uh, radioactivity, soldiers dying of that. There was a CIA op when they sent in 100 people with some nukes. They were going to plant them. Then they were going to say, oh, look, we found them. Something went awry. The soldiers got exposed to all this radioactivity, died from it. They were so radioactive that their family couldn't even uh, visit them in the hospital. They had to, like, behind windows and things. And and, uh, and the nukes disappeared. So the Zeta said benign aliens were given the right by, from the Council of Worlds to, uh, you know, uh, abort that, you know, pre- prevent that from happening and to run off with these nukes. So uh, it got exposed in the press, but the weapons of mass destruction that were supposed to be there were never found. So the Bush administration, it, it fell apart. It, it died of old age, the Iraqi invasion. Uh, it, it died because the justifications weren't there. Uh, and and they, uh, in this way, they prevented what was considered an imbalance in the world by the Council of Worlds, too much negative, selfish domination and control and enslavement of mankind. And so it was countered uh, to give man a, a, a better balance so that the good-hearted would have hope, you know, that they could make a difference and continue to press in that direction. Okay, I want to um, talk a little bit about um, UFO sightings. Um, eyewitness accounts of, of these sightings have um, 
certainly become a, a routine occurrence in recent years. Uh, we, we're hearing more about large, strange-shaped objects with multiple pulsating lights hovering over populated regions of the northern hemisphere, uh, specifically the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. And although the, the, the government doesn't want to speculate on, on what these eyewitness accounts might actually be, it seems apparent that something quite extraordinary is developing, something that can't be explained in any specific terms. Would you, would you say that these reports of uh, UFO observations are, are believable? And, and, and if so, what are we to make of why these alien visitors are making themselves known more frequently? And, and, what, is, and what is their message, if indeed they have one, that they are trying to convey to, to the inhabitants of this planet? Sure. And, and they've stated since the start of Zeta Talk, which started in 1995, at that time I was 55 years of age and, and was only just realizing that, I, if you can believe that, that I was a contactee. I was a sleeper until 55 years of age, and all this was in my subconscious only. You actually had a, 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 uh, an alien, an alien um, experience when you were younger. Child, yes, right. and actually, on recall, I, I encountered them when I was seven, eight years old or so as a little girl down in a swamp, uh, here, you know, right right here in central Wisconsin. Uh, and, but I had, uh, it was all recorded only in my subconscious, uh, and I had just, uh, people say, well, how often? Well, I would have to say now, of course, it's a daily, but or many times a day, but in those days, uh, I would say a few times a year, you know, that it would have um, meet with them for some reason. But when I was a child, and I think they were instrumental in helping me sort out my feelings about the universe and my, you know, uh, science questions and the like, looking back. Um, so uh, they, the Zetas have stated on the records in 1995 that there is an awakening going on, an increased sighting increased mass sightings, increased number of contactees. Uh, it's when people are curious or, or they are in an emotional turmoil of some sort, they are considered to be giving the call. Uh, this can be curiosity, prayer, done with an Ouija board, um, just, uh, you know, a f fretting about, you know, uh, a problem. If you are fretting with a good heart, like uh, maybe your neighbor's child developed leukemia and you just wish there was something you could do, why should it be the child? Maybe it should be you instead because you're old. You know, this is considered a good-hearted uh, fretting, and you'll get a visit from the good-hearted, uh, and they give psychological counseling. If you're thinking bad thoughts, uh, oh, you know, uh, my neighbor's wife is a real beauty, and uh, I would love him to, you know, fall on his head uh, so I could, uh, you know, make out with her and, and uh, move into that nice big house, this is considered uh, selfish and you'll get a visit from the bad guys. So based on the nature of your call is will determine who comes to visit you. Uh, aliens are not allowed to, like, shuffle things around. They're not allowed to, like, uh, give you a shiny new car or, or, or heal your, you know, psoriasis or, you know, anything. Like, they, it's, it, the world is considered our schoolhouse where we are to learn by taking action uh, to help others or to become more hardened in our selfishness, if that's the trend, the way we're trending. At a certain point, we have sorting out times, and the pole shift coming up is one of those sorting out times because of the great die-off. 90% of people are not expected to survive. Drowning along the coastlines or dying afterwards of depression, injury, and starvation. 
So uh, it's a good time, you know, to sort out and haul away the bad guys to prison planets where they have to live with their own kind and then only allow the good-hearted to reincarnate back on earth, which is what Jesus meant when he said, a thousand years of peace and I will return. And However that's phrased, the world where the meek will inherit the earth, it's, it's um, what happens to young worlds at a certain point, they go through a transformative process. Leading up to that, we have the increased awakening. As people become more comfortable with the idea of the alien presence, you know, despite movies like ID4 and, uh, you know, where on signs where they come down with poison and they're trying to take over and eat us and colonize us, it's more like E.T. or Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you know, benign. And, and uh, uh, when people get more comfortable, then the sightings can pick up. They, they, they don't allow too much fear to be engendered. So it varies. You can have a town where everybody's pretty comfortable with it. They may have dramatic sightings. You know, they may even catch glimpses of alien bodies, you know, dashing through the woods and off toward the ship or something. This has this has happened. But if they are very uptight about it, like maybe in Islamic countries, for instance, where they're, they're allowed very little information, you know, of, of freedom of press, it would terrify everybody to see a UFO. Uh, so that may be a slower process. So it, it depends on, uh, you know, the community. Um, and, and even in the U.S., we have those elements that do not want people to embrace the alien presence. Uh, religious hierarchy is often threatened. It's only recently that the Catholic Church has finally said, yes, there are, is intelligent life elsewhere and they're not all demons. I mean, the rule was, you know, and, and I keep I get a lot of emails saying, you're talking to demons, and it, and this is one approach, you know, because they're threatened. Uh, they're their ability to say what's what and and uh, to lead people is being threatened. The Department of Defense considers it a threat to some degree. You know, why can't they just shoo these UFOs away with their planes? Why can't they chase them? And they, if people say, well, why are we? Why do we have this big Department of Defense if if you guys, you know, can't can't get rid of UFOs? You have no defense against them. Well, you know, uh, these UFO sightings certainly have come to the to the forefront. You know, in recent years, uh, we have these uh, three guys on um, the History Channel, the UFO hunters. Have Have you seen that? Um, I, I think I've heard of it, but I don't think I've I've watched it. Well, actually. if you get a chance, uh, check it out sometime because these guys are are extremely intelligent. They know what they're talking about. They travel all over the world to investigate uh, UFO sightings, and some of them are absolutely believable. And yeah, then there's okay. others, you know, that you know, there's a few crankpots out there that just want to make a little bit of publicity. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, uh, I would say that. Uh, program is very believable. They, they they do a good job of investigating these uh, reports. And you know, this is new. It used to be we would have crop circles, and it was the only people that, only reporting you saw on TV was uh, a couple of bozos claiming they did it, you know, in a drunk and a beer drunk with boards. We went out there with boards and, 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 and laid this down. Uh, completely ignoring the fact that these crop circles are laid down in seconds and that the um, the grain is not broken but uh, bent at the nodes with some sort of a growth hormone that makes them grow sideways and that the you know radio uh, isotopes in the area differ you know from the, where the circle is to the regular grain and on and on 
none of that, but now we're at least getting TV stations to say, oh, beautiful crop circle here. You know, and and they don't go through that nonsense. You know, they just show it. Uh, So it used to be that you would never have, if you were discussing UFOs, it was always swamp gas, weather balloons, and and mass hysteria. You know, they, they, they would never be... I think it's great. And the, I wanted to mention that you ask why. Um, not only so that people become more comfortable with the alien presence, the idea is that at, during the pole shift, after the pole shift, those good-hearted people who have survived uh, that will will be helped, uh, you know, technology-wise, et cetera, by good-hearted aliens. And uh, by being comfortable with the concept, this makes it so much easier, you know, for that interchange to take place. Uh, but another reason is that telepathic information about earth changes that are coming is being relayed to people who are watching these UFO sightings and displays. They're being told what to uh, n- learn about. We had a big one in Stephensville. Uh, it's just off of Austin and Dallas somewhere in, in Texas. They right. had a big one. Yeah, Steve, and, Stevensville, I believe it was. Stevensville. Mm-hmm. Very religious people, not given to making stories up or anything like that. What, we're seeing motherships and the like. And the Zetas were asked, what's that all about? And they said these people were being told uh, telepathically that when we have the pole shift, that Dallas will be underwater, or it'll be not all the skyscrapers, but the water will be around where the people in the skyscrapers have nowhere to go. And uh, even Austin, you know, and they will be uh, like drowning rats coming up onto the plateau of, of, of Stephensville. And and beware, be aware of this. You know, uh, how many people are going to be arriving and well, they're going to be angry thought, and demanding. Uh, you know, I, I heard uh, here oh, a few weeks back that the Bushes have bought a uh, million dollar, uh, $3 million home in the uh, exclusive suburbs of Dallas. Right. Now, if they knew that uh, that, that uh, Dallas was going to be underwater, why in the world would they be built, uh, yeah. have, uh, moving into a home in, in, in the suburbs of Dallas? Yeah, and, and uh, the Zetas were asked that question, actually, during their weekly Saturday night chats, live chats, and their answer was, that um, they they are expected to do their part in the cover up. They know it'll be underwater, but you know if if when it comes to you know saying oh don't listen to Zeta talk, what do they know? This is one example. You know they can point to. Uh, I'm not sure where the funds are coming from. You know for for that house. You know exactly, but I think I read something that it's federal funds, and not not the Bush savings account. You know that's going into purchasing that that house. So uh, they may be just taking out a big mortgage or something like that, uh, and not with no intention of paying it. And in any case, it's um, everybody's supposed to act nonchalant, like nothing unusual is going on. And oh, I'm here, you know. So what's the worry? Uh, and and that's that's the reason. Okay, we're going to uh, take a break here for a moment, and when we return, we are going to ask Nancy about ancient prophecy and events that were foretold to occur in the uh, 21st century, like the likes of Nostradamus, among others. So uh, we'll be also taking questions uh, from those who might be listening today. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this.
Spanning the globe to keep you informed. This is the Earth Frenzy Radio Show. Interact at 646-478-5297. Send messages in the chat room or use Blog Talk Radio's Click to Talk feature. Sensational and electrifying talk radio for the Internet. It's the Earth Frenzy Radio Show. Be prepared to journey beyond reality. Broadcasting live from the magnificent Feliciana Hills of Louisiana, here once again is your host, Steve Shaman. Spanning the globe. We are back with our guest, Nancy Later. Nancy was featured in the April 2001 edition of Art Bell's After Dark magazine, Predicted Pole Shifts, and appeared on the Coast to Coast radio show and out there TV, most recently in 2007. Nancy recently had a weekly radio spot called The Connection on BBS Radio. Theta Talk, which debuted in 1995, has a well-documented track record of earth changes. While Troubled Times, a nonprofit organization, has become a leading authority to offering solutions for surviving the predicted pole shift. 
You can learn more about Nancy and the Zeta predictions for planet Earth by visiting www.zetatalk.com or by visiting the Zeta Report video series. Nancy, what, what is the Zeta video series all about, and, and where can our listeners go to learn more about the videos? Uh, actually, my website on the left-hand side has a menu bar, and uh, right, right uh, across from the marquee, which you can't help but uh, notice, uh, it says uh, video clips. I'm, I have 26 uh, to date. Uh, one talking about 2012, another just recent one talking about earthquake warnings, you know, what to look for um, and, and the patterns that have shown up since 2003 that indicate that we do have a presence in our solar system. Uh, and also some videos talking about UFO sightings in places like uh, uh, Stratford-on-Avon, uh, you know, Stephensville, over there near Beijing, uh, and someplace down in South America to give you some idea of what what these mass sightings of UFOs might be relaying to to people. Uh, it, we have a safe locations link uh, where the Zetas have given a lot of uh, particular advice about uh, around the world, you know, uh, what to expect. Uh, migrating people, for instance, if you're near Washington, D.C., you're going to have people migrating, and they're not necessarily the most pleasant types. They're used to being in charge. They'll be bossy. So it's great to be up in Appalachia, but, you know, you might have some unwanted visitors. So it's not all necessarily earth changes, how much flooding. Uh, they said that the influx in Texas will just, because the land is flat, the water will just keep rolling, and the flooding during the hour of the shift will be worse than one would, one would think, for instance. Um, and you can go in there and uh, and, and check by city, state, uh, country, etc. cetera. Uh, it's very accessible. Oh. We also, I also have a newsletter that comes out uh, weekly. You can sign up. It's free. Uh, and a, a radio show every Friday afternoon. Uh, you find the, all information on all of this um, on, on my website. Uh, and it's all for free. The Zeta Talk website, uh, you know, you, it's, it's, there's nothing that has been said by the Zetas that is not available to the public for free from that website. And the Zetas have a very accurate uh, prediction record, too. Isn't that correct? Something like 95%? Yeah, exactly. Um, the one thing that they not, don't necessarily strike on every time is what the Zetas say, hands of man. For instance, they said that Gore, Al Gore, would win the election. He did win the popular vote, you know, and, and because of this 500-count difference in Florida and the Supreme Court stepping in, um, it, it was really stolen from him. So that was hands of man. Man has free will. Aliens are not allowed, you know, to interfere. So when they make a prediction, and people can change their minds, uh, it's not necessarily um, uh, accurate. But geologically, it's astonishing. Uh, the one thing that was the biggie that people mentioned is, oh, she said there was going to be a pole shift in 2003. It arrived, but we didn't have the pole shift yet. But the Zeta's uh, intent, along with all the other benign aliens who participated, was to cause Bush to go in early and so that the Iraq invasion would fall on its face and fail, which it did. Well, I might uh, like to add right now, Nancy, that you were not the only one who made that prediction in 2003. There were a number of people yeah. who had been following uh, this passage of, of X who said the same thing. Yeah. You know, but, but it, yet it seems like you were the one that got the blame for it because of your, uh, because of what the Zetas had uh, yeah. informed you about at that time. 
Yeah, they is were that, really is that correct. Yeah, that is correct. They were trying yeah. to take advantage. There were books that were published. They were trying to take advantage of the Zetas uh, accuracy track record and uh but but the Zetas have uh not washed away and in fact my popularity increased by threefold after 2003 according to web hits and the like uh, on my on my web and it's we're being translated into 21 different languages and some uh, almost completely you know uh, Russian German and Japanese I think the whole website got translated well you know people are looking for answers and they're not finding them of course from the media and they're not finding them from the government so they have to look for other sources to find their answers I mean they they know something's going on but yet they can't pinpoint it they don't know what what's the cause right and so that's that's the concern if we knew what the cause was then we could prepare ourselves, but we don't know. Yeah, and that's one thing I wanted to mention, that you mentioned the Trouble Times group, which was a, hundreds of people, very bright from uh, many disciplines, and, and uh, brainstorming on what people should do. Uh, you know, they've, they've come up with uh, simple answers, like you know you can make a windmill out of car parts. In particular, the, the alternator, you know, which is a permanent magnet is necessary in order to create a current out of motion. And electric drills have these uh, permanent magnets also. You can reverse uh, an electric drill, you know, so that a motion like a water wheel will become a flow of, of electricity. Instead of, you know, instead of into the drill, it's out of the drill. Uh, and all of this is detailed on the Trouble Times website. Uh, how to convert your uh, car, for instance, or perhaps tractor to w using wood gas instead of gasoline. We're going to have no distribution of food and uh, gas and oil. That's going to go away because all of that's going to blow up and burn off and, and the roads are going to be broken up and you just really have to rely on what's in your immediate neighborhood. Uh, distill your water. What about volcanic ash? It has fluoride and lead and, and uh, you know, p people, you, you know, you... you you don't want to drink the water that's been stewing in that. So groundwater is polluted. Well water might also be polluted by lead that rises up. And and so distill it. You know that you get rid of heavy metal. The boiling gets rid of parasites. Um, it doesn't. And we've got some wonderful techniques that with a few couple of pots and pans, you know, over a fire or a stove. You've got your drinking water, uh, and and it's just filled with it. Learn to save seed. Uh, plan on a fish pond, you know, or at least get a lot of fish hooks. Needle and thread may be more valuable than gold and silver. Prob you know, money won't, and paper money, uh, paper assets won't be worth anything and and learn to uh hand tool usage uh you know learn uh get some books on windmills and carpentry and that that and the like yeah, uh, you mentioned preserving the seed and this is exactly what yeah. they're doing i believe in in, in norway uh, norway right now right. yes they are uh, that big big preserve yeah yeah uh, seeds from all over the world uh, yeah. enough to last for many many years well, they, the main thing is to, if you have a complete extermination of some of these crops, that they can be restarted. Uh, it's a wonderful idea, you know, in, in storage that is so dry and cold that the, they anticipate this seed will last for even a thousand years. It's a long time. Before but the break, I, uh, I mentioned that we uh, might like to discuss the uh, significance of the ancient prophecies in, in correlation with uh, modern-day events, and uh, specifically Earth and climate changes. Uh, we have heard so much about the uh, Sumerian and Mayan civilizations and how they mapped uh, the events centuries ago that seem to be happening today. Yeah. Now, 
the modern day uh, Hopi Indians had had forewarned the nations of the world uh, in an address to the United Nations in 1994 of great earth changes to occur. And in that address, they said, and I'm, and I'm going to quote this, Nancy. Um, Today you see increasing floods, more damaging hurricanes, hailstorms, climate changes, and earthquakes, as our prophecies said would come to pass. Even animals and birds are warning us with strange changes in their behavior, such as the beaching of whales. Why do animals act like they know about the Earth's problems and most humans act like they know nothing. If we humans do not wake up to the warnings, the great purification will come to destroy this world, just as the previous worlds were destroyed. Now that was said by leading uh, uh, authority of the Hopi Indians who addressed the United Nations in, in 1994. Now, in the 15th century, Nostradamus foretold in his now famous quatrains of great calamities that would occur in the 21st century, beginning with the appearance of a great monster that would be visible in the northern hemisphere, not far from uh, the constellation Cancer. Now, this monster, as he referred to it, would be responsible for famine, drought, pestilence, and the emergence of a new world war that would continue for many years. Now, many are now wondering if, this, if, if, if his prophecies are in reference to what we see occurring today. Now, both the late clairvoyant Edgar Cayce and the renowned physicist Albert Einstein foretold of a shifting of the poles that was or would occur within this time frame that we now speak of. Nancy, is there any merit to what was foretold by the prophets of old or more recent predictions that may have a bearing on the way in which we live today? Yes, and the Zetas have been asked about this, especially in the early days of Zeta Talk. What about what this one said? What about what that one said? And they point out that what you should do is listen with an open mind to all of these for the commonality in these predictions and not pick apart every tiny detail. Uh, because it, there is a, um, uh, number one, you have the source, which might be aliens or angels or whatever you might say is your source. And that source might have mixed feelings about just what to say and what not. Some people, some sources do not like to be the bearer of bad tidings and try to sugarcoat. Then you have the human. You know, you may have an imperfect transmission of thought, you know, or, or message. There may, and the message may be garbled or misunderstood. Or the human, such as myself, uh, Nancy, may have mixed feelings about just what is said, uh, you know, sh you know and, and not want to be the bearer. This has been said about Sylvia Brown, for instance, who admits to a pole shift, but, but uh, sugarcoats like crazy, because it's a combination of who she's listening to and also that she herself doesn't want to be the and is uncomfortable with the thought of the disaster that's going to, to befall the world. So uh, Edgar Casey seemed to infer that it was going to happen around 2000, 2001. He was off a little by the, uh, of the date. He also said that uh, Virginia Beach would be a safe place. That, uh, Zetas were asked about that. They said, uh, you know, when we stop rotation, 
um, the water will recede from these beaches because it will flow to the poles. The water is, tends to pool around the equator right now because we're turning, and it slings out. But it'll come back with a rush as soon as the pole shift happens. So anyone going to Virginia Beach is going to drown. They need to be up in the yeah, hills. I don't, I don't think that that would be such a good place to be during during a pole shift. No, no. They said it was a timing difference. If you you know, it was like. Uh, that that uh, some descriptions uh, are before the pole shift and then others are after, and and, and same thing with uh, scallion. So that so that part of it is a timing difference. And they said basically, listen, you know, for the big picture. And if you want excruciating detail, go to Zeta Talk, because one thing they're famous for is explaining why they said what they did. I mean, if they go into how magnetism and heat works with subatomic particles and people people say it all falls together when they read Zeta Talk it fall, because they are so voluminous and specific and uh, and Edgar Casey was a true channel he was taken over his body was taken over and and Scallion has yet a different method uh, he's a contactee when he's off you know he he picks up a lot and that's in the air and comes back and and says it was like a dream and writes. I mean, everybody has a different method. I wonder if Edgar Cayce actually in his dreams might have been referring to the hills of Virginia as opposed to the beaches of Virginia as a safer haven during this. Yeah. Yeah, and and exactly because if you're up up in the Appalachian, you will be okay. You know, you get get a couple hundred feet above sea level and and away from the coast. So it, it it's so much that could be unsaid. You know, that needs clarification, and we can't clarify anymore. Mother Shipton, you know, was uh, exclusive. You know, very 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 interesting uh, report of, and she was supposedly uh, predicting uh, things like uh, submarines and, and airplanes and the like, and and she's talking about the pole shift. She doesn't give a time period, but but all of this is valuable. There are of course people that come out and and are trying to be grabbing the stage these days, but there are some that are I've been around a while and and I've been around for so long um, that that it's not an issue of they're trying to grab the stage. They're respected, like Mother Shipton and, and Edgar Casey and the like. Yeah. Well, another item of concern, at least for some, is the cumulative reports that are surfacing in recent months about large chunks of asteroid or meteors that are exploding across our atmosphere. Yeah. Now, some of these chunks of rock have actually made their way to the surface of the Earth, as was the case in Canada last November when a huge fireball crashed, uh, crashed to Earth. Now, there have been no definitive explanations as to where these large chunks of rock are originating from or why they are occurring more frequently. Is, is there something that the general public should, should take seriously about this? And what have the Zeta said about the frequency of these incoming objects? Yep, that's a good, good point. Now, we had some of this in 2003 when we were on the opposite side of the sun from Orion and when a planet X and its complex, which includes 
at least a couple dozen moons, you know, about the size of our moon, and and a huge amount of trash and debris and red dust, right? It came zooming in, put the brakes on when it reached the sun because there is a gravity repulsion force, which is explained on Zeta Talk. Uh, but the tail itself wafted past Planet X, wafted past the sun, and came to us. We had all kinds of red dust reports. We had a blackout in New York City. We had a lot of meteor and fireballs at that time. <clears throat> and it seemed to go away as the tail kind of wafted back. Now what we have is planted that complex between the sun and ourselves, and it's turning its north pole away from the sun, getting ready to cross the ecliptic, you know, where it's going to, like, flip. It has to worry about the sun's magnetic uh, lines is what it amounts to. As it's pointing its north pole toward us, the debris and all this stuff blows out from the north pole because that's the outbound of magnetic, right? And this is a charged dust cloud. And it's blowing it toward Earth, and we're having increased meteors and fireballs, and this is not going to change. It's going to get worse. They predicted uh, that as we flow toward or go toward the time of the pole shift, that will the satellites will begin being torn out of the sky. The ISS, of course, is already being binged and dinged, you know, by meteors and the shuttle. They're very worried about this. this per the Zetas, those people up there are on what they term a suicide mission. They understand it's very risky. And we're going to have satellite disruptions. We'll probably have electromagnetic disruptions. We may have uh, odd, uh, you know, neon clouds in the sky and the like, all going to increase steadily. Just recently, uh, volcanologists and geologists have been um, baffled and concerned about a series of uh, earthquake swarms that are occurring within the caldera, uh, caldera that surrounds the Yellowstone National Park. Now, many of these quakes have been registering near or over 3.0 on the scale. Now, anything over 3.0, of course, is capable of causing some damage. Now, the scientists are saying that people should not be alarmed by these recent events, explaining that they occur on a frequent basis in this area, and insist that the supervolcano that lies under the caldera is in no danger of exploding, at least in this century. Now, this, now this is what they are saying. Now, what are the chances that this Yellowstone supervolcano could explode enough to cause catastrophic death and damage across the vast region? And given the possibility that this planet may be heading towards another pole shift, are these uh, seismic events something that we should be taking seriously? Uh, y yes and no. Uh, and and uh, according to the Zetas, just let me put out up front, this whole thing about supervolcano that happened in the past, and also there was a TV series, Yellowstone Supervolcano, which would scare the pants off anybody. Uh, it, it, that's not going to happen because they have stated that this was uh, long ago, and in the meantime, we've had folding rock, many thickening rock layers underneath the whole western part of the U.S. due to the subduction of the Pacific under the west coast. And this creates extra rock layer, which makes the magma have to kind of wind its way around. It blocks and buffers the, the magma upflow. And in fact, if you look at a map, you will see that the continental divide goes right through the Yellowstone caldera. Uh, and and uh, during the pole shift, uh, the rock layers will be shoved entirely under the caldera. They've stated that when we have the pole shift, or like 
or just just at that time or just before that time, it will become a normal volcano, like Mount St. Helens. You know, be a hundred miles away, etc., uh, to avoid ashfall and and the like. Also, okay. they have stated due to the recent rumbling around, which. I've been following closely. Uh, it's been very interesting. It's it's a cluster, a swarm of thick. I think you have oh, 500 to 1,000 quakes or something within a week and and or, or two, and and they're all right there under Yellowstone Lake and kind of moving north a little bit, you know, toward the Norris Basin. Uh, and this they're very shallow. This means that the rock is shattering, or it may be, and it may be just water. You know, uh, that, that's, that's, uh, the seismographs do show harmonic tremor and long period traits. Uh, but on the other hand, Yellowstone has also always had a tendency. Back in 2003, there was a nervous time with Yellowstone. They had trees dying and some buffalo were dead and, uh, and you know, hot paths where they would melting tennis shoes if people walked down the paths. And, and that's when that, um, TV series Yellowstone Supervolcano was developed and, and released, um, but we didn't have an eruption. And at that time, they had harmonic tremors. I have a, that on record in my website. Uh, so um, it doesn't mean an, an eruption necessarily because there is so much water in the area, and water and hot steam can cause harmonic tremor as well as magma. So the Zetas are telling you then that specifically there could be an eruption there, but it won't be a catastrophic eruption will be something that would be local. Yes, and, and like a normal volcano. But but at the same time, they said that Yellowstone will begin to have evidence of magma instead of just water out of its hot, hot geysers and the like. So it may become a slow, slowly become an oozing volcano. And then uh, in the last weeks, it will blow like all the other volcanoes around the world. They have said any volcano that has been active within the last 10,000 years should be suspect for eruption during the pole shift. So and, we could have a number of volcanoes all erupting at the same time, which, of yes. course, is going to spread ash across yes. most of the globe. Is, is, that, is that correct? That's correct, and it will take 25 years to clear. Remember the Jewish exodus where Moses wandered for 40 years in the Valley of the Shadow of Death? Well, the Mediterranean had an, uh, an immense number of, of uh, volcanoes that went off. That was approximately uh, 16,000. I mean, 3,600 3, years ago, 1628 BC, uh, or, or so. They they don't really know the year. Um, and uh, but they said that if you're right at a volcano, just downwind from them, it'll take longer. There'll be some parts of the globe that will have sunshine on occasion, uh, even right after the pole shift. Uh, so downwind, remember, you have to figure it. Um, it won't. The prevailing westerlies will reestablish, uh, but it won't necessarily be from what you now consider west because uh, because of the 90 degree shift. You should check the maps and and uh, read the pole shift section on Zeta Talk for that. So it'll so, take a long time for this ash to actually yes. settle. There's going to be and a lot of floating around in the atmosphere. In the meantime, potatoes are a low-light plant. So is sheep sorrel, which I have growing in my lawn as a weed. And, and it is very high in vitamin C and will grow in the shade. So, you know, get get um, aware, become aware of, of what grows well in low-light. Uh, mushrooms, certainly. Uh, and, and you don't have to be without your vitamins or your, or your protein. We mentioned in our, our program notes uh, for today's show that on uh, December the 26th of 2004, 
a massive earthquake in the Indian Ocean caused a colossal tsunami that killed hundreds of thousands of people and devastated eight countries. Now, during that event, the Earth wobbled. Many scientists today firmly believe that Earth's wobbles have caused the extinctions of life on Earth more than once. They have been responsible for massive earthquakes, major volcanic activities, and some say Earth's wobbles have caused the North and the South Poles to change places. What's developing these days, Nancy, regarding this Earth wobble, and, and could we maybe describe what's happening? Could, is, could we describe this maybe like what's happening here is like a drunken sailor swaying to and fro? Is this the type of wobble that's that's happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> very good very good description. Uh, because people have tried to explain things like, um, you know, they see the wandering poles where they go and say, oh, uh, so many years ago the, the North Pole appeared to be over there and then over here and, and it's not the same, it's not all pointing north and they're confused. And they say, well, maybe uh, what happens, there was a theory that NASA had, you know, that, that the sun, uh, still has, that the sun flips every 11 years, north and south exchange. And this was based on the appearance of sunspots blipping around. It was just a theory. And and uh, they sent out a probe called the Ulysses probe. 94, it went by the sun. And yes, north was north and sun, south was south. Then in 2000 and 2001, it went by again. And they were the, still the same, even though in 2000, early 2000, they announced, oh, the poles have flipped. Their own probe proved them wrong. The Zetas have said it is a constant. That's north, this is south. The universe is set up this way. Not just the Earth and Mercury, but the, but the sun doesn't flip. And the Earth does not flip. Now what happens is the crust moves. And the core itself kind of realigns to point north and south as the universe is established, the whole solar system. And, uh, and therefore, uh, the crust appears to be at odds with the core and the general magnetic field around the Earth. So... So so that's what's going on, and, and it's a confusing picture. The Zetas have said those scientists who are, are insisting that, you know, the, that the, the magnetic field somehow magically just flips or whatever, they're not taking into consideration all the facts and the big picture. Press them with all the facts, and what you'll usually get is a red-faced, uh, you know, person blustering and storming out of the room because they don't want to be faced with all the facts and, and having to face uh, what's coming in our near future, the pole shift, because it's a very scary thing. Even uh, Zachariah Sitchin, who wrote The Twelfth Planet and the like and, and documented what the ancient Sumerians knew about this passage, makes the statement that it must be a thousand years out. Ask about this, the Zeta said. He's saying, not in my lifetime. That's what he's saying. It's too scary, and I don't want to think it's going to happen in my lifetime. So the wobble is, in fact, uh, as a, this passing planet, which is now between us and the sun, is pointing its north pole toward us, and all this spewing meteors and fireballs. Every day when the, north pole, the magnetic north pole comes over the horizon, it's on the surface of the earth, you know, um, it gets shoved away by, uh, by you know, Planet X and Nibiru, 
and and then uh, as soon as it goes around the other horizon, it's allowed to bounce back. Uh, so it's it's a figure eight um, that if you were in space looking down at the geographic North Pole, you would see the North Pole forming a figure eight which we have documented repeatedly since 2004 with an international team of observers. Well, we've been having a number of strange events occurring here oh, since uh, before Christmas, uh, probably since the latter part of, uh, of November. Now, down here in Louisiana, for instance, um, a lot of the plants, which normally wouldn't start blooming until the um, latter part of February here, are already beginning to bloom here on the 1st of January. We have azalea bushes, for instance, which normally don't bloom until uh, late February or early March that are already blooming. Is our seasons out of whack? Yes, and this is because of the wobble. And and likewise, the weird weather pattern with sudden windstorms uh, and high tides, you know, f- flowing in. These were predictions by the Zetas, and they and and they were based on they knew the wobble was coming and would be arriving and and would cause all all of this. They were the only ones in 1995 who were saying. We're going to have these weather changes. Nobody else was saying this. Extreme droughts, extreme deluge, alternating, getting worse, extre- temperature extremes. They they were on the forefront of this uh, prediction. It's, it's something I point to with Zeta Talk accuracy. Uh, that's an example. Um, and, and what's happening is during the wobble, you're having the earth shoved under the blanket of air. The southern states are being pushed up under the Arctic and, and dragging Arctic air back with it. But likewise, the northern states are being pulled down under, you know, the, you know, tropical weather and pulling warm air back up with them. It's it's so unpredictable. The the weathermen have a terrible time predicting these days because they are not taking into account this wobble. They are taking into account only all the variables that have guided them through decades, you know, like the prevailing westerlies and the rotation of the earth and the high pressure and low pressure exchanging and it seems to me, 10 years ago, we would have temperature variations of like 30 degrees uh, at, at most, you know, like in a, in a day or two drop or a rise. Now, 50 degrees is not unusual, it, and it's that's changed. Well, you know, the uh, meteorologists are just, you can tell they're completely baffled by what's going yeah. on. You know, they have yeah. to pretend when they're on the air as if what's happening is normal. But I think in the back of their minds they know What's going on is not normal. For instance, we've seen several inches of snow in New Orleans here a few weeks ago. In fact, we had five or more inches that fell last month right here in the Baton Rouge metro area. We have also seen snow in Las Vegas and Los Angeles, for instance. Now, (laughs) the, the northern tier of the U.S. has been suffering through a winter unheard of in recent years. Frigid, below zero temperatures in the Dakotas, Minnesota, up there where you're at in Wisconsin, and other areas of the Midwest, as well as record-breaking snowfall in Washington State and the Seattle area. Now, last week, much of the snowfall and colder temperatures gave way to warmer temperatures in these northern Great Lakes regions, enough to cause the snow to melt, resulting in major flooding in those regions 
for the first part of, of, of January. Right. Now, is, it, is this crazy wobbling of the Earth responsible for the weather patterns we are seeing across much of the U.S.? And if so, what can we expect to see occur in, in the immediate future? Yeah, yes, the answer is yes. And, and there's, there's another aspect, and that is that uh, because the North Pole of Planet X is beginning to point toward us, the, even though the wobble is going on, the bounce back is not as strong as the push away, and the whole northern hemisphere is experiencing more cold. And last winter, the 2007 to 2008, was cold throughout the northern hemisphere, uh, colder than usual, and we're having another one like it. Uh, yes, and, and it is because of the wobble and the push away, but the Zetas have said the wobble will worsen, and what, and, and what this means, as well as starting a lean to the left and the like, um, in which... The lean to the left, because I think, including myself, uh, there are people that are, you know, a little bit confused by the lean to the left. What is this? Right, mean? right. If you're in the northern hemisphere, if you're in the southern hemisphere, everything's up. They stand upside down anyway. They're hanging off the earth by their feet. So if you're on the northern hemisphere and you're looking at the sun, left means, you know, where the world is going to rotate toward dusk, and and to the right, you know, is 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 off. Um, uh, to the right is to the west, and to the left is to the east. There, there we go. Okay. And and uh, the the globe is is considered like straight up and down. North pole is up, south pole is down. The lean to the left is where the north pole goes over to the east. Uh, you know, almost to a ninety degree point, and the and uh, the south pole comes up. You know, to be almost to the west to the ninety degree point. You know, so that your fall it would fall on its side. You know, geographically, the North Pole is directly east, you know, po- pointing, and, and, and the South Pole is directly west. Has this uh, happened before, this falling to the side? Uh, actually, it's, it's, it's for a brief period of time on its way to rolling into the three days of darkness. And, yes, the three days of darkness that has happened, you know, um, in, in the past. Uh, it's the normal process into... Um, uh, like I, Plato described the ancient Egyptians reporting, and the ancient Egyptians were excellent at reporting what had happened. They kept records through several pole shifts, including the Great Flood, and it's documented in the Colbrin, which is, in fact, um, Egyptian record that parallels the Bible. In uh, the book of Exodus, for instance, is, is okay. Very that's close important to... when you when you talk about the Colbrin because you know I've gotten emails from people. And uh, I've heard other people say that, well, where is the documentation that all of these things occurred uh, 3,600 years ago or 3,600 years before then? You know, where where is all this uh, documentation at? Who's keeping it? Yeah, the the Colbrin, and it was... uh, it was apparently uh, somebody attempted to destroy it. There was a great fire in Scotland, and then they moved it to New Zealand, and it was written on copper, uh, not not papyrus or something. And so it it lasted, and you can get your hands on it now if you go on the internet and find it. Uh, and I've got uh, you know um, quite a few good quotes you know on my website too uh, f- from it, and it described the the flood and the Jewish exodus and in great detail what people went through. Um, there's also as, as far as um, so to, to just to, uh, wrap up your question about what to expect, the Zetas have said the seasons will blend with one another. You will have snow in summer and and 
and summer days in the middle of winter uh, we're we're approaching that already they you know many countries having snow in summer and the like oh, absolutely but, we're seeing, yeah. we're already seeing that like i mentioned just yeah yeah uh, very very warm, early warm yeah. temperatures in the middle of winter but they said it'll get to the point where everything blends um, uh, and and the wobble will worsen. It'll get wee whoa like a drunk, you know. And then we'll fall on our side and then roll our North Pole back into three days of darkness. In the the Colbrin and uh, talking about the Great Flood and, and the Jewish Exodus, um, that's word of mouth in describing what people experience. But the the geological record is more convincing. Uh, Zechariah, uh, not Zechariah. Emanuel Velikovsky's book, uh, Earth in Upheaval, for instance, describes um, in the Mediterranean caves, two to three hundred feet above the Mediterranean, finding the bones of predator and prey alike smashed to pieces as though by a great wave. Many different predators, many different prey from swept up by waves and sloshing from Africa. And they said there is no explanation for this. I mean, the, the predators did not bring their prey to the cave and gnaw on the bones. That's not what we find here. No teeth marks. They are broken bones, smashed as though a wave was picking these animals up and smashing them into the cave time and time again. You know, it's an example. Nancy, when you talk about these waves, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you here, sure. but I, I, I had this thought in my mind because I've been hearing this lately um, in my readings here on the Internet. Um, that there are people that might be standing along the shoreline, and this this just happened recently, and all of a sudden this big wave comes up and washes them out to sea, or there's this uh, these people that uh, that are out fishing, the fishermen out in the in the Pacific, and all of a sudden this huge wave comes up and sinks their ship, and we're hearing a lot about that here today. Does that have something to do with that? That swashing of the oceans that you're yes. talking yes, about? Yes, ex- exactly. The, the, the ocean waves are, because you can imagine, the, the blanket of air and, and the uh, oceans, in fact, are a blanket of water. They does, that does not necessarily move with the earth. The earth moves under these blankets. That's why at the hour of the pole shift we're going to have hurricane force winds because we're moving under the blanket of air. And that's why we're going to have this kind of sloshing where tidal waves can roll 100 miles or more inland to a level of 200 feet above sea level because of of the uh, earth moving under the the oceans. And that's happening to a moderate degree during the wobble. And as the wobble worsens, we can expect this to increase, yes. Okay. Now, you can go back to what you were saying, <laughs> what we were referring to a minute oh, ago. Yeah, the, the the evidence, you know, not I mentioned the oceans of the world dropping. They, they time date this, the broken bones, and it, there it is, you know, 3,600 years ago. Uh, the the uh, passage of, of Niagara changed, the course of Niagara changed somewhere between three and 4,000 years ago. We had a different path. In this coming pole shift, the Zetas say the seaway will rip open and we won't have falls anymore. We're going to have a more a moderate flow. So... Um, there, there's these pieces of evidence all over Stearns Mountain, Steens Mountain, maybe it's pronounced that, which uh, had a volcanic eruption 
and uh, and and the magma was hardening, you know, during the hours hour of the shift and afterwards. They said every few minutes the what was considered north was changing in this hardened magma, showing a fairly rapid alteration of the Earth's magnetic field in relationship to the the crust which had moved. So these are scientific evidences that this has happened in the past. Would you say that the uh, unusual events that are transpiring now will eventually lead to what many fear will be a major shift of the Earth's poles? Yeah. The the Zetas have said, as the North Pole is pushed away uh, and, and the crust and the core begin to move, but the crust rips from the core and keeps moving, and the core realigns. But the current North Pole will be on the equator. The current South Pole will be on the equator. The Pacific shortens, the Atlantic widens, and the new South Pole will become India, right over India, which will be pushed entirely under the Himalayas, and all in India will drown. And the new North Pole will be off the uh, coast of Brazil, off the bulge of Brazil in the in the Atlantic there, and sudden climate change for the people in that area who are used to, obviously, uh, a tropical, you know, temperature, not prepared at all for something like uh, trudging around uh, Antarctica or the, or the North Pole. Is the shift um, already happening to some degree? Um, no, we we are having a wobble, but but the magnetic field itself has been uh, uh, t- twisting, you know, somewhat. Uh, this pressure from the north pole of the planet X, you know, hosing magnetic particles at the Earth, at the Earth, is warping of the Earth's magnetic field. In fact, <clears throat> there was something that came out recently um, from NASA <clears throat> talking about a breach in what they consider the protective magnetosphere. Their theory is that the magnetosphere uh, protects the Earth from um, solar winds and the like coming from the sun. And they said there has been a breach in this field four times the size of the Earth that scientists have no explanation for on the sun side. Well, it just so happens that planet X is four times the diameter of Earth, and it is between the Earth and the Sun. And I thought I thought that was a remarkable correlation to what the Zetas have stated about where planet X is at the moment and how big it is. What does NASA know about what's going on? Apparently, they know quite a bit. They're a government yeah. agency, correct? Yeah, they they uh, they have to be aware. There are people in the ISS, you know, in the shuttle program. Uh, many astronomers uh, know they work in the observatories. They know this, um, uh, you know, complex came in in 2003. People say, oh, you couldn't keep them all silenced. Well, they they work for observatories. They work for governments, you know, in universities which rely on grants. And these people can be leaned upon. And there have been enough assassinations of astronomers or other people like that to uh, to and you don't need to kill off a bunch of people uh, to put the fear of of this in, in you know just a, a Harriman uh, way back when uh, what is it 15 years ago or so he went to New Zealand he was associated with the Naval Observatory uh, and was aware of the sighting you know of, of this complex in 1983 coming inbound went to New Zealand with a big telescope and said he was going to observe it and he was going to report to mankind what, what was going on and pretty soon he was dead. 
and and this it does this this gets around. People are said, told, you know, well, you you value your life, your family, your children, whatever. Don't say anything, uh, and and uh, and then uh, there aren't that many people. They say, well, what about the amateurs? Well, most of the photos on my website are from amateurs, amateur astronomers who have photographed the Planet X complex, and I watched how they're treated on SciAstro Amateur, which is a Usenet. Um, they have an astronomer or two will come in and poo-poo anybody who says, I think Nancy's right, I looked here, and this is what I found, uh, and, and they get ridiculed. And then pretty soon their ISP is informed that they're spamming and maybe they should be cut off. They tried this with me. They tried to convince my ISP to cut off my Internet connection. <laughs> so I've, I've actually heard from astronomers who I will not, name or one in particular uh that that I'm on on target with everything that I have been reporting uh and and so where does somebody go an amateur is going to go to a university or you know to some astronomy club who is run by NASA in 2001 when it was still out in the night sky we had three different teams one in France one in Vancouver and uh uh, one in Arizona, uh, in Flagstaff, who went to observatories to see. And it was first sighted in France. So very excited, and an astronomer said, I think it's either a nova about, you know, pulsing, or it's something, you know, he had different theories, but he was all excited. He had a new discovery. We never did get, you know, the the um, film that was taken. He was silenced in France. Then uh, a week or two later, um, the team in Arizona went, and they found, even though they had like uh, um, made reservations and the like to go, scaffolding had been put up so that the scope could not be pointed in the direction of Orion. But an astronomer there who was an assistant, didn't not, not realizing the reason for this, found another scope and, and a smaller one, and they looked and they found, uh, you know, um, something that was visible. Where at the zeta coordinates, the, the X and Y in the sky the zetas had given for that date, and Vancouver experienced the same thing. The guy yeah. did it threw all kinds of rocks in the way, but they found it and they sighted it. I've heard um, recently. I don't know how true this is. Um, that the Roman Catholic Church, uh, they have, a, of course, a huge library there at the Vatican. They're in the process right now of moving those records out of Rome, because Rome is really not that high above sea level, moving it out of Rome and into, I believe, uh, a higher location. I don't know if it's within the Swiss Alps or somewhere in northern France. Uh, moving all of those records, of course, their excuse is that they're remodeling the facility and it's going to take a couple of years to remodel and it should be done by the end of 2010. Well, by 2010, there might be a lot of strange things going on. Right. You know, so what does the Roman Catholic Church know about this? And apparently they have telescopes all over the world. In fact, they have a telescope in Arizona, which yeah, is observing the... the heavens. Why is the church observing the heavens? Yeah, they know, uh, and they're, uh, they're the the flock should be pretty angry. You know, they also know what the third Fatima was about, 
uh, they they came up with the excuse that it was about the assassination of a pope, but that didn't wouldn't necessarily have those three children falling on the on the ground screaming, you know, uh, an assassination of a pope. But but what it was was uh, flooding, you know, with a massive flooding along coastlines and drownings, and the pope Pope John, the one before the current pope, actually gave this away. And I think what 1980 in a, a lecture in Germany, he said. If the people were to find that you know so much drowning, etc., uh, you know, and in, and in, in that nothing could be done, so many would drown. Why why bother them with that fact? You know, it would affect their life, the quality of their life, the happiness of their life at present. So he basically gave it away. You know what what the third Fatima secret is? Yeah, they have a scope in in Tucson. I'm not sure about others, but but it's called the Pope Scope down there. Because they know, and they're peaking, and they want to know the status, uh, how close it's getting, the timing. People are trying to figure out the timing. The elite are, you know, stocking their bunkers. Uh, they intend to go uh, and use militia to defend themselves. Um, and and uh, they, some of the very, very wealthy people, very wealthy people, you know, have been notified. Um, and it, it depends. It depends somewhat on who you know. I have an interesting story about somebody worked with the Troubled Times group, uh, and he had a CIA uh, and DOD security clearance, and he was totally convinced that Zeta Talk was on target and we were all this was going to happen. Um, and maybe he knew something he couldn't say, right? But he had been given a security clearance with the CIA in order to debug their satellites and the like, um, and uh, the NSA and the like. Uh, so um, his he had a wealthy uncle in t- Texas who was an agro uh, businessman, big enough in Texas, you know, which is very Republican, to be quote connected and maybe get the inside rumors, right? Get the inside track. So he went to his um, uh, his father. Anyway, this wealthy Republican in Texas was asked the question about whether there was truth to this approach of Planet X, etc. And the man had nothing to say. Now, uh, he was normally very, you know, talk talk somebody's ear off. But about this subject, he just fell silent, didn't say, yes, it's true, didn't say, no, it's not true. I just had nothing to say. And that, that basically convinced a relative you know uh, that that uh, he knew something, but just wasn't allowed to say. That's how it goes. If you're connected, you may have heard the rumors. You may have, in fact, been told, you know, the full scope, like Obama recently got. You know, when he became the president-elect, and 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 all the evidence, so that you know it's true. But many people hear the rumors. Do you suppose our new president at some point in time, and it might be coming sooner than we anticipate, will have to declare martial law here in this country? The Thetas have been asked that a lot, and they have said this one reason, for instance, for not giving specific dates of catastrophes or anything like, you know, the lean to the left and three days of darkness, etc., they don't want martial law to happen uh, because it really, so many good-hearted people uh, will just be trapped, trapped along the coastlines, trapped in their cities, not allowed, uh, you know, to get to a safe location. So they want it more fluid so that people can follow their conscience. If he, if they decide to die, if they want to die, you know, that's their choice, that type of thing. But those who are trying to save 
themselves and their loved ones, you know, little children, for instance, you know, uh, will will have the right to do so. They've said they don't think martial law is going to happen, particularly if they guard against giving specific information on when catastrophes will happen. And the reason they gave is that in the U.S. at least, the populace is not used to a lack of liberties. And commerce and, and business and, and our social life, everything will just come to – children won't go to school. People won't go to work. They're just going to sit in their homes and worry about being gunned down in the streets. And so you don't keep – you know, the infrastructure doesn't keep repaired and, and, and things don't get built and sold and distributed and whatever. Uh, and it works for two or three days, but then it gets sticky and breaks down. So if you're going to declare martial law in the U.S., you have to do it like two days ahead of some event. You know, and, and if they don't know the exact date and an event just falls on them, then it's too late to declare martial law for the purposes of exterminating people or whatever. Now, that is not to say that travel restrictions might not be put in place. Imagine this scenario, you know, that you begin to get like a th- severe wobble, three days of darkness, and now we're really like mm, seven, eight, who knows how many weeks out until the pole shift. Now everybody's panicking. Now there's no question. They're not going to worry about paying their mortgage. Uh, they're thinking about, i got to get to the hills, i got to get inland, I've got to get out of the city. And in many cases, people will just have this urge that they have to flee from wherever they are, Right. Like animals sensing an earthquake in the ground, they're just on the run. Don't be in front of a herd of cattle that, that feels tremors in the ground. They're just well, run right over you. Well, people have the uh, freedom to move about, let's say the martial law is not declared and people can get in their cars or their trucks and, and, and leave, where would you anticipate that most of them would be going? Where where are these safer havens? If yeah, this, this, is, this is something that... Um, And I think they would. You know, I I think that a lot of people, it it might be like wildfire word of mouth, being on the coast isn't safe, being in the city isn't safe. Rural areas, you know, where you can at least plant gardens and have chickens and goats, and you should be there before the last weeks if possible. You know, uh, small farms in rural areas, not too crowded. You can, you know, you can eat weeds for uh, vitamins, and you can eat bugs and grubs and earthworms are very high in protein and fat. And I'm saying I that don't think all... it sounds too appetizing to some people. I know, right but I'm saying this in all seriousness. You know, yeah. if bears can eat, kick over logs and eat the grubs and the like, and and get big and fat. You can too. So, uh, and and they you can you can actually harvest and farm earthworms and grubs and the like and in compost. So uh, they you know they have a better chance if they're up in a rural area where you can keep a domestic animals. So, so there'll like. be areas where it'll be relatively uh, protected. Uh, from the elements that will occur during the, the shift, is that correct? Yeah. Well, the Zetas have said, don't be in a building. Uh, don't particularly don't be in a city, but get out of your building, dig a trench, a couple feet deep, a couple feet wide. You know, try to pull uh, some sod or or a piece of tin covered by sod over you. You know, it won't won't blow away. Uh, trees aren't going to fall on you. You know, they they don't uproot during hurricanes uh, in the main and and earthquakes. And and uh, wait until that hour of the shift is over. 
uh, and uh, and then come out and 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 repair your house or see what you can salvage or rebuild, you know. Uh, and they said well, domestic animals let them run because if you try to keep them in the barn, they'll they'll break their legs trying to beat their way out of the barn and and run you over. They're just going to run around in circles in fear. Domestic animals. Um, so you know that that there's a lot of that kind of common sense advice in the Zeta Talk website. Uh, yes, you should be up in the hills, the hills of Appalachia. Uh, everything west of the Continental Divide will have the potential of rock and roll. You should look and see: is the land hard? Has it broken recently in the past? like 10, 20,000 years, like the Great Salt Lakes have not, but the mountains around the perimeter have. You can see what, what areas are likely uh, to break during this pole shift by what has, has broken in the, la- in the last few pole shifts. Um, inland, uh, you have to consider flooding. The Ozarks will be above water during the pole shift. Uh, western Kansas and Nebraska, and et cetera, will be. But eastern might be underwater because the uh, Missouri will back up. The Mississippi will back up. You know, so is this... Exclusive? Those living along the rivers or living along the Great Lakes should yeah. consider... Uh, moving to a, a more to a safer location. Yeah, the Great Lakes are liable to slosh 50 miles inland and 100 feet above the Great Lake level. Uh, that's like half of what is you might experience along the oceans. Um, but uh, it's really sea level elevation is important. Gentle rolling hills will kind of buffer you from the winds to some degree, and and they basically say. You know, um, dig the trench, you know, and and wait it out. This is also true of tornadoes. You know, they say, get out of your car and lay down in the trench at the side of the road. That shows you what a simple trench will give you, you know, as far as safety. Well, Nancy, it's always a pleasure having you on this show. Um, You have uh, devoted so much of your time and energy to uh, relaying this message of, uh, of impending danger and and what folks can do to better prepare for these major changes that, that we now seem to be imminent. And, and your sacrifices are those that, that many of our listeners out there that are in tune with the earth will not take for granted and will be greatly appreciative of, of the work you're doing. So we want to thank you very much for coming on today. Oh, and the same goes to you, Steve. It's always a delight to be on your show. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have you back again soon. Um, uh, to, uh, to speak further on, on, the, on this topic because it's very important for, for people to understand what's going on. Exactly. So thanks a lot, Nancy, and, uh, and thank have you. a great day, okay? You, you too. Goodbye. Bye-bye. A reminder to our listeners that our next show is January the 14th when our guest will be Mahandra Sharma, also known as the Wall Street Nostradamus. Mahandra is an astrological reader and guru who has devoted years of study to predicting natural, political, and financial upheaval. He accurately predicted 9-11, the fall of the Soviet Union, the resignation of Castro, the devastation wrought by Hurricanes Katrina and Wilma, the rise in the price of oil, and the fall of the U.S. dollar. Find out why his predictions have been met with both suspicion and praise and find out what's being predicted for 2009 when Mahandra Sharma, the Wall Street Nostradamus, pays a visit next Wednesday, January the 14th, beginning at 10.30 a.m. 
Central Standard Time here on the Earth Frenzy radio show. Well, that is about it for now. We hope you enjoyed today's show, and we look forward to being with you again next week. The Earth Frenzy radio show is produced by Skywatch Media News and Entertainment Services, located in Louisiana's capital city, Baton Rouge, and is hosted by Steve Shimon in cooperation with the Blog Talk Radio Network. Until next time, we wish you all a pleasant day.